Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You've heard our prediction, a big game for the Cincinnati Bengals, and even the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're all still in the playoff hunt in the AFC. Good to hear from Pittsburgh's side of things, what's going on in Steelers land. Andrew Filipponi on 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. Andrew, how you doing? Uh, not good, to be quite blunt with you guys. Uh, it's not really a big game for us anymore uh, because this team blows and uh, it's one of the worst stretches in Mike Tomlin's era. And hopefully if there is a silver lining to this uh, level of suck that we've watched, it's that something's going to get done here with him and uh, the way the Steelers have been doing things over the last few years. So yeah, uh, the holidays have not brought any kind of cheery or joyful mood out of me whatsoever. I'm a self-loathing fan right now who hates my team. Hey, I, I've been there before. I've been a Cincinnati Bengals fan my whole entire life. I, I try to be optimistic right now because I thought the season was over when Joe Burrow went down and they still have a little bit of hope. But I want to go back to some of your comments because I know how it is in, in Pittsburgh, what you hear, you know, Mike Tomlin, the coaching staff. So you're not um, Mike Tomlin. You want you want things to change. What do you mean by that? I don't want him to coach the football team anymore would be my uh, first recommendation to them. Uh, it feels uh, to me, to make an analogy to your audience, this feels like the Marvin Lewis days in Cincinnati where 
this this uh, franchise has now gone six years without a playoff win. Uh, that's the longest drought for them uh, since Chuck Knoll was hired back in the late 60s in 1969. I know you guys went like 20-something years without a playoff victory, so I'm not trying to – 31. 31. 31? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> that's right, 1990 to 2021. Yeah. Got that right? Yeah. Okay. That's right. My math was off. Um, yeah, so you guys know – obviously futility in that respect, even more than we do. But the Lewis thing that I'm drawing back to was, okay, he was winning regular season games, but you guys weren't doing anything in the postseason year after year. And it was the same old thing. And it was also probably frustrating on your end. I hate to project onto you guys as fans, but like when you're watching Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones and these knuckleheads and the team seems to have lost its way, and there's no payoff. It's not like, okay, we'll pull it up with this. We'll tolerate this because we're winning something substantial. No, you were going nine and seven and getting your ass kicked in the first round of the playoffs. That's kind of where we're at, guys. And it's uh, it's 17 years for Tomlin. That's a really long time for one coach in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, only four other coaches in the modern era have been with one team longer than he's been with this team. So I'm just ready for something new. I think they need an offensive mind here an innovative offensive mind like you guys have with Zach Taylor that would be a good place to start if this team is going to get out of the rut it's been in for the last few years under Tomlin I, I yeah. was, oh go oh, ahead I was saying with Lewis I think towards the end like you brought up with the you know keeping everybody in line but also just kind of feels tired and like stale it's like he feels tired the team feels tired it's like you know maybe young Tomlin would have those guys like you know nobody is doing the whole Pickens blocking affair that's happening. It would just be doing your job type thing. And that's kind of what it was with Lewis was it felt like towards the end there with perfect and Pac-Man getting the penalties. It's like, you know, maybe young Lewis is really able to stay in charge and keep this guy there. But when he's older and tired, that kind of happens. So I assume that the party after the Matt Canada firing has not continued the past couple of weeks because the 400 yards felt like a huge celebration has has it been like a scheme thing or is it just because Pickett went down and everything feels that way? Or how, what do you think about why the offense didn't really take off after that game? No, it's, it's, it's still his scheme. I mean, they could not, yeah, yeah they could not, uh, you know, create a whole new offense uh, with a guy uh, gone mid season. I mean, that's just not uh, realistic. So I thought uh, maybe in a naive way that, okay, he, He's gone. Matt Canner is out. Thank God. He's one of the worst offensive play callers in NFL history. Uh, the, the numbers back that up. Never had a 400-yard game. He was so underqualified for the job. Had no business. Had been a college coordinator his entire career. Wasn't even that good at that. And so the, the change, I thought, maybe uh, it wasn't about so much the the plays themselves. It was more about uh, the, uh, the timing of the plays. When the plays got called, setting up plays that kind of thing, him having no feel for it. And against you guys the first time, all the things that fans were clamoring for seemed to appear in the game plan for that one game. They used the middle of the field. There was play action. Pickett was under center a little bit more. Uh, they uh, got the ball downfield with their playmakers. I mean, all these things that fans were dying for. Yeah, it was a one-week thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's gone now. I think that there's deserving questions about the quarterbacks here. And how good they are and what their uh, potential is. Talking about Kenny Pickett down the road. But yeah, I mean, they've they've been 
It didn't matter if it was Pickett, Trubisky before him, Ben Roethlisberger in the end. None, none of the quarterbacks the Steelers have had have worked in this offense. And to make matters worse, I'm watching guys like Jake Browning, who were undrafted and on practice squads, throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every week. So that tells me that a lot of it is scheme and a lot of it is coaching, and the Steelers just don't have any of that right now. Before we get into Mason Rudolph, obviously, starting this game and kind of the matchup, your prediction, I want to go back to Kenny Pickett. I know you were a Kenny Pickett guy. You might still be a Kenny Pickett guy. Uh, What do you think about the future of him on this team? Well, I don't think it's very bright, unfortunately. I mean, that prediction by me was awful. Uh, I thought that he had a lot of Joe Burrow qualities because of how he got to the Steelers. He was a just like Burrow had one massive year in college and was a veteran college quarterback and had gotten better every year. And I thought, unlike maybe some of these other toolsy quarterbacks, that he had some of the Burrow qualities, pocket poise, presence, uh, good timing, snap decision-making, good enough arm to make all the throws, leadership qualities, uh, things that I thought would translate to the NFL and make him a really good quarterback. And he hasn't been able to overcome the scheme the personnel around him, I mean, I completely overrated the Steelers' offensive talent before the season started. You know, even if it's even if it's scheme independent and you're just looking at their guys, offensive line, massive, massively overrated and overpaid. Wide receivers who are in it for themselves and are not as good as they think they are. Uh, tight ends who have not been coached well enough and really have not met their potential. And a first-round running back who already looks like he's over the hill past his prime and was frankly never good enough to be the 24th pick in the draft. So you add all that up and I don't think it's a quarterback friendly offense. If Kenny Pickett were in some of these places like San Francisco or Miami or with the Rams or with good Minnesota around good offensive coaching, I think he'd be fine. I don't know if he'd be a top 10 quarterback, but I think you'd be able to win with him. And I think right now, like I watched in Cleveland for so many years with their quarterbacks and how they find a way to screw them up. I think now my worst fears are realized because the Steelers have done that to their first-round quarterback. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Um, well, Matt Canada for three years kind of feels that kind of felt kind of like the old Browns of like, oh, we can't make the change because we don't want to change the coordinator for this quarterback. But when the coordinator is that bad, you just kind of got to cut that cord. Uh, do you think he gets another shot next year at all, or do you think they're heavily going to be invested in the quarterback market? Uh, I would be stunned if he's not their week one starter Okay, because I think the owner doesn't want to abandon ship here. I mean, the whole Steelers mantra is stability and uh, continuity and things like that, and that's coach and quarterback. And I think that it would take something – something falling into their laps for them to pivot off of Pickett. You know, I know that Tomlin loves Fields. He wanted him. I think, honestly, if Fields and Lawrence, uh, if the Steelers had had the number one pick in that draft, I think 
Tomlin would have taken Fields over Lawrence. That's how much he liked him. He went and personally scouted him at Ohio State. So I do think if there's a scenario in which they feel like they can get him for a bargain price, I think that the coach would want to look into it. I'm still not convinced the owner would. I think that they could draft the quarterback in the middle rounds, depending on who's there and how many extra picks they have. I could see them rolling the dice in that situation because Rudolph's in his last year of his contract, and I think they're going to find a way to get Mitch Trubisky off the roster. At least they should, based on how he performed this year. So that'll be the quarterback competition. They won't bring in a guy to unseat Kenny. They'll just have probably somebody waiting in the wings who might have potential or starting experience. Um, but the field, but Fields is the one guy I would keep an eye on because if Tomlin has his way, I think he might want to persuade the owner of the team to pursue that if and when Fields becomes available. Yeah, that would be a really good matchup for Mike Tomlin in and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll go ahead and get into this matchup right now. Mason Rudolph, I know the Cincinnati Bengals look against backup quarterbacks. We've seen it plenty of times, even the last few years. Um, he has had success against the Cincinnati Bengals in his starts. But when you think about this offense, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be without on their offensive side, Jamar Chase, obviously Joe Burrow. He wasn't out there the first time they saw each other this season. And DJ Reader was out most of the Minnesota game. He's out for the season and their best player on the defensive side of the ball. What do you think about this? matchup is it close uh what are we expecting in the Pittsburgh Steelers run game and and then defensively yeah I I would expect the Steelers to play their best game of the season because to me this is it for them if they lose they're seven and eight and the only thing they'll have left to play for is to try to extend the meaningless Tomlin's never had a losing season streak uh they they treated last week in that locker room like it was a playoff game uh, I think now they're saying, well, we were just kidding. This is actually our playoff game, but it is at home. And I do think you still have enough guys like Watt and Hayward around where you know you're going to get their absolute best effort. Now, I think it's possible if the Bengals came out early and scored some points and got a lead, I could see this team packing it in because they've done that several times this year. But, um, you know, with rare exception, now a couple of those Burrow matchups – when he was the quarterback, the Bengals found a way to blow this team out. But for the most part, uh, Steeler, the Steelers find a way to play these AFC North teams very close, including beating the Ravens earlier this year in Pittsburgh. They're 2-0 and against the AFC North teams here. Uh, you know, Rudolph is going to be motivated because he hasn't had a chance to play since 2021. So I think they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle a little bit with him. And I think they will to some extent because he wants to throw the ball downfield a little bit more than the other quarterbacks that they have, and he's not going to do it in a way where he's putting it up for grabs like Trubisky did the last few games. So I do think in that respect, the Bengals could be catching the Steelers at a bad time because uh, I, I, I just feel like knowing the history of this team recently, these are the types of games they win when it looks like they're dead. They find a way to win a game and just barely keep themselves alive and keep themselves uh, relevant. So that's the best I can do in terms of giving this team a pep talk for this game. I mean, their season was lost in Indianapolis last week, but they just do have a tendency to not let the bottom fall out completely and finish like 7-10 and 10 or something like that at the end of the year. What's your score? Uh, I think the Steelers are going to win the game – 20 to 14, I'll say. And I don't say this like, 
having all of this enthusiasm and pep because I want them to badly win the game. Because like I said, it would probably be fool's gold in the end. It might be, it, it is better ultimately for them to lose the rest of their games and get the best draft pick possible. Uh, but I think they'll win. I think that the Steelers will be able to run the ball on Cincinnati like they did in the last meeting. Uh, I think Jalen Warren will get more opportunity than Najee Harris in this game. Uh, and I do think they'll get pressure because Highsmith and Watt will both play. And I think they'll be effective. So Browning had his worst game against the Steelers. I know it was his first start. I think it's a close game. I don't think they're going to get blown out or embarrass themselves like they did against the Cardinals or Patriots. But who knows? I mean, they found a way to create uh, a, the, the, a, create a new low and a new bottom every week for the last three games. And that could easily happen again on Saturday. Andrew Filipponi, I can appreciate your honesty about your team, to be completely honest. Um, no, I, I'm expecting it to be a close game. Honestly, for me personally, Mike and I already gave our predictions. I think it's going to be sloppy um, and, and a pretty low-scoring game. And uh, weather conditions, I think there's a chance of rain, so we'll see if that impacts the game at all. But both teams are probably going to try to run the ball. And for you guys, all you have to do is throw to the tight end. You watch that happen in the first matchup. We can't cover a tight end defensively. We just uh, – we, not we, but the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, either can we. So Tanner Hudson, for fantasy people, should be a big bet in this game because our inside linebackers stink right now. And the Colts, Cardinals, and Patriots all figured that out. So I think Zach Taylor will too on Saturday. Well, I see your Twitter name here, the Pony Express, but uh, tell football fans where they can find your work. Two to six, uh, the fan in Pittsburgh. You can get that on the Odyssey app. Streams live there Monday through Friday. And then First in Pod, which is a podcast here on 2400 Sports and the Odyssey app too, which is, it's really, um, I think for NFL fans, it's just a very um, digestible uh, show. It's after Thursday night football, and it's after Sunday night football. And the Thursday night show that, that gets put out on Friday morning is a half hour to 45 minutes on all the games. We do each one. We don't skip any games. We cover every game for about five or six minutes. And then the same thing on Sunday where we recap each one. So uh, we don't just go with the Cowboys and uh, Chiefs and hit on those teams. We do all 32 teams and uh, we don't drag it out and make it so long that it's tedious and kind of monotonous. So I encourage people to w- listen to this if you want. After you get your Bengals stuff, if you want like more of a look at the entire league, we do it in a pretty quick, fast-moving way. So I would heavily, highly recommend it. 